welcome to the Frady Cat Podcast. My name is Kelly McFarland. And I'm Carolyn Plummer. Uh, we are so excited to be back another week, and we're talking all things Frady. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yes. I wanted to tell you, Carolyn, that I um, have had several people who have asked me about my thoughts and fears of inanimate objects being possessed. And I just want to tell our listeners, (laughs) it is not something to make fun of. It's uh, something that you don't think about until it's too late. And that's all I'm going to say. Right. And we have covered that a lot on the last few episodes. Yes. Um, This episode, I thought we'd get back to another aspect of being scared and talk about a haunting. Great. Specifically, a haunted hotel in New Hampshire. Okay. Because I'm from New Hampshire. I've had an experience here at this hotel, and I just thought it would be good to kind of bring it home and Mm -hmm. do like a local New England haunting. Okay. I'm into it. So, what we're going to talk about... I don't have to go there. (laughs) What we're going to talk about is the Mount Washington Resort Hotel in Bretton Woods, New Hampshire. Yeah. It's actually Carroll, New Hampshire, but it's... Called Bretton Woods. It's a long story. Um, but we'll start with sort of the history of how the hotel came about. Okay. So Bretton Woods is part of a land grant made in 1772 by Royal Governor John Wentworth. As you know, John Wentworth, maybe you don't know. I was like, I, as I don't John know. John Wentworth um, is kind of close to home for I me. Knew, I know J.G. Wentworth. No. Call J.G. Wentworth. <laughs> Eight seven seven cash now. Call now. That, so not Governor John Wentworth. No. Okay. I don't think so. I don't know. Maybe Just checking. But Governor John Wentworth was. I, I don't know if he was the first governor of New Hampshire, but he was the reason why Wolfboro is called the oldest summer resort in America. Oh yeah. Because he was one of the first people to have a house on the lake for just the summer. Okay. So that's sort of how that came about. But he also he just said it, and it was so. I don't know. Someone made it so. Isn't that the way But life there's works? a farm on Lake Wentworth that used to be his yeah. and blah, blah, blah. That's the way it so, goes, right? People <laughs> just say it and they're like, that's, that's it. So he was a wealthy guy, though. So he had this land grant that he, um, in Bretton Woods, and if anybody skis, there's Bretton Woods yep. ski area. Um, and it was named after Bretton Hall, which was his ancestral home in Yorkshire, England. Oh. So that's where that name came about. And that's why it's confusing where the hotel is, because it's actually in Carroll, New Hampshire, but it's part of the Bretton Woods okay. original land grant. Um, and this hotel was a little different because the superstructure of the hotel had a steel network, which was uncommon in its day. And it was built by a New Hampshire native, Joseph Stickney, who made his fortune in coal mining and the Pennsylvania Railroad. Um, Stickney is important because of the haunting part, which we're going to get to in a minute. Okay. But he... uh, And you have some pictures of this we're going to throw up on our Instagram? Uh, sure. Okay. He, um... He used the latest design and construction methods. Innovative and complicated heating and plumbing systems were installed. And to this day, the Bretton Woods Hotel which is another piece of this property, has its own private telephone system and post office, which is kind of impressive at the time because the ground was broken in 1900 and the construction was completed in 1902. 250 Italian craftsmen skilled in masonry and woodworking were brought to Bretton Woods and housed on the grounds. A new type of power plant served reliably for 50 years. 
They imported china. They had hand-colored postcards and playing cards and a 1917 travel guide show genteel mementos of an elegant legacy. Ooh. This is fancy. Um, and on July 28, 1902, the front doors of this grand hotel opened to the public with a staff of no less than 350 people. So how many rooms? Um, Does it say? Not in this Did one. Did you find out? Yeah, it's in here somewhere. I'd be curious as to like how many rooms do they actually have if they have to have a staff of 300. Well, they had other things on the property. Oh, okay. But at the um, opening ceremony, Stickney told the audience, look at me, gentlemen, for I'm a poor fool who built all this. And when he, within a year, he was dead at age 64. Oh, he tired. He died. He's sleepy. Permanently. Um, but it was the most luxurious hotel of its day. The Mount Washington catered to wealthy guests from Boston, New York, and Philadelphia. As many as 50 trains a day stopped at Bretton Woods' three railroad stations. One of these stations, Fabian's, is now one of the resort's dining establishments. Oh, I like it when they do stuff like that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, I like it when they take things that are old. I I love a diner that is an old railroad car. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I love stuff like that. Yeah, like I'm trying to think. There's a few here. I live just outside of the city. Um, and there's a few like in Natick and Wellesley. And then up in Maine, they have that really, really cute one that's the that's an actual like railroad car. It's so cute. I love that. Um, and the host, the hotel has been host to countless celebrities, including Thomas Edison and three U.S. presidents. And in 1944, the Mount Washington hosted the Bretton Woods International Monetary Conference. Delegates from 44 nations convened, establishing the World Bank and International Monetary Fund, setting the gold standard at $35 an ounce, and designating the United States dollar as a backbone of international exchange. The signing of the formal documents took place in the gold room located off the hotel lobby and is now preserved as a historic site. Okay. Um, but... His wife, Joseph Stickney's wife, Carolyn Stickney, summered at the hotel for the next decade, adding the sun dining room with guest rooms above. The fourth fourth floor between the towers and the chapel honoring her late husband. Under its capable first manager, John Anderson, the hotel was a success, but the advent of income tax prohibition and the Great Depression curtailed the hospitality business. In 1936, Mrs. Stickney's nephew, Foster Reynolds, inherited the hotel, which closed in 1942 because of World War II. And then a Boston syndicate bought the property for $450,000, and then in 1944 is when they had that big conference. Okay. Um, Prior to the conference, they had a company come in and do construction, and they painted everything white to cover over because there was damage when the hotel was closed during the war. Yeah. So they painted over brass plaques, some of the original woodwork, and everything was painted white. But the the room that was dedicated after the conference is one of the original rooms. The gold room has been preserved in its original state. So I, I always think it's interesting when they do stuff like that because I think that back then they didn't realize, like, we would want it to be pristine. Do you know what I mean? Like, we'd want it in its original... Um, We'd want it to be in its an original state, right? Right, so but this was like... Don't paint over brass, right? Right, like this was a... Go- the government sent people in, so yeah. you know how the government does things. They oh, just... don't we ever. Yeah, so they slapped it together Poorly. so they could have fix the roof, you know. Yeah. So they could have the conference, which was a big success, though. The conference brought like 44 yeah. dignitaries or whatever. Um, 
one of the things they point out in here is that there's this giant grandfather clock that's near the fireplace in the lobby when you come in. Okay. And before the hotel was open year-round, which started in 2001, the starting of the clock signaled the beginning of the summer season. And on the final day, the last guests would stop the pendulum until the following season began. I mean, it's very pretentious. Which is kind of cool. It's, I mean, I guess if you're the guest, it's, but... It's one of the few original what about the pieces. the rest of us? I'm bringing up um, some pictures of this on my laptop. I want to see what you're talking about. This is the other thing that people would do. Um, they have a covered veranda spanning 903 feet, the longest in New England. Six laps around the veranda guaranteed early 20th century guests, and still does today, a healthy mile of exercise when the weather was poor. And between its 122 column, gorgeous views of the mountains and grounds. So it's like mall walkers. That's pretty cool, actually. I mean... Yeah. Considering this is the great, this is different than that other place we've stayed. Yes, that's Together. the Mountain View Grand. It's a and this one's hotel. called the Great. This is the Mount Washington Hotel, which is also a grand hotel. Yes. Um, so this is where it says, undaunted, the government sent in 150 workers with new furniture and 50 cans of white paint with two months before the conference and they were told if it didn't move to paint it white and that's what they did and they paint the paint made everything look clean and new but the workers weren't concerned with historic preservation so they painted right over the mahogany doors brass fixtures in the great hall and even some of the tiffany windows that's horrible i mean yeah a lot of it's been restored since then imagine painting over the tiffany windows like Okay, so this is interesting, though. So they have a grand staircase. Everything's grand at this hotel. Well, most old hotels, that, that's what Well, it's, call, it's called grand because it has certain features. Right. So one of the things that they had is the grand staircase leading up to the guest rooms across from the reception area. And the stairs are wide and narrow, allowing for ladies of the day to easily travel up and down without tripping on their skirts. Mm. And one of the things that... We'll also go into the haunting part when we get to that. Yes. Is it is said that Carolyn Stickney used to watch the nightly procession from behind a curtain on the balcony near the front desk. If she saw a lady with a finer dress than the one she had intended to wear to dinner, she would change before making her own entrance. Um, and this endearing critical condition is memorialized in a painting in the hotel in the spot where the balcony once was. It's not there anymore. So, just uh, just to put it out there, it's 200 luxury guest rooms and suites, right? Yeah, it's so a big hotel. It's a big hotel, and it um, it looks like it's been taken over by the Omni Hotels and Resorts. Yes, and now it has it's under, been. like, an I umbrella. Wa- yeah, I wasn't going to give them props, but um, Might as well. You did. They do a beautiful job. <laughs> also, they have the longest zipline tour in New England. I will stay in a haunted room That's if, you, new. if you go on a zipline. Um, okay, so just throwing two- that out there, <laughs> and we will put those... Send us some emails and tag us if you want to see Carolyn do a zipline tour. <laughs> I mean, never mind so, me on a zipline tour. Okay, go ahead. So to the left of the stairs are the princess room and the main dining room. And the princess room was Carolyn Stickney's private dining room. Today, it's one of the few spots in the hotel that escaped the great white paint incident of 1944, <laughs> making its gold leaf accents a lucky remi- remainder of the hotel's original decor. Wow. Now, the reason they call her Princess Carolyn Stickney is she remarried. Let me find it. She remarried a prince from 
Bain, I believe I have it here somewhere. Hold on. Mm. Okay, I want to talk about that too. Ugh, I am not. What's going on? What I'm lost doing? in my notes. She's lost in her haunted story. Where'd you work last weekend? That made you sleepy. What? Did you work somewhere last weekend that made you sleepy? No, here it is. Oh. No. No. I just I put I put the history stuff together and I I mixed it up and put it with the haunted stuff. No worries. Okay, here we so go. So, after Joseph died of a sudden heart attack. I feel like you're screwing with me by the way that this is like super haunted. No, it's super like, haunted. I'm just getting like to a it. delay. No, well, I feel like I want you're like you, it's dragging it out. It's important to know how involved Carolyn was with the hotel after her husband died. Okay. Because that's going to lead into the hauntings and who people think. Because I've only seen this from the outside. I've never done anything. I've actually at this stayed place. there. Yeah. I've okay. I've done shows there. So go ahead, go ahead. I want to give you the history because it all kind of ties together. Okay. So after her husband died, after building the hotel a year later, he died. Yep. She married again Prince Lu L U C I N G E. I can't speak French. So Luching of France and moved to France with him until he died years later. Okay. So after his death, the princess moved back to the Mount Washington Hotel, spending the rest of her days enjoying the hotel and its many luxuries that her first husband had worked so hard to build. I mean, she sounds like a murderer. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, she's a, she's got a little bit of a... She didn't kill him. You don't think so? No. I mean, Black Widow type of thing. No. <laughs> I think she just had bad luck when it came to um, men. Okay. Man. Man. She a bag like, oh, hey, baby. Oh, hey, kid. So, this is of note. There's a um, bar known as The Cave, which is actually really cool that I've done comedy. Yeah. Um, it was originally the hotel's squash courts, and the space was later converted into a bar and grill and was a speakeasy during Prohibition oh. with guests drinking spirits out of teacups. That's cool. Um, I've been known to pour a little spirit into a coffee mug. And there's there's pictures of the cave. It's actually a really cool spot. Okay. And uh, that's where we did comedy. And there's also an indoor pool, one of the first kind in its country. And when Carolyn Stickney was in the mood for a swim, all the other guests would have to get out and leave the room until she was finished. She sounds delightful. She sounds like a badass mofo. Yeah. Okay. So it's important to note, though, that she used to watch the women, you know, to make sure that she was dressed the best okay and she, you know everybody got kicked out of the pool room if she wanted to go swimming like she she was in charge basically okay. so that says a lot about the hauntings so the hauntings yes it's carolyn's ghost that many people believe still okay haunts the hotel staff and guests have reported seeing an apparition of a woman that matches her description looking over the balcony of the hotel she used to stand here that's where she used to stand to watch the women going to dinner Room 314, yes, also known as the princess room, used to be her private suite. The handcrafted four-poster bed in this room is one that she shared with her husband, Joseph. On Ew. a few occasions, guests have awoken to see Carolyn sitting on the end of the bed, I, why slowly I, brushing no. her hair. That's, no. In this room, Taps, the Atlantic Paranormal yeah. Society, Your favorite. from Ghost Hunters TV show, Caught an EVP of a woman believed to be Carolyn, seemingly respond to their questions. What did she say? Um, Kelly. I'm sorry, I've got, 
Listen, you know when I get a I little know. scared, I need to know what's up. So the cave was the squash quartz while you were looking for that? It was the squash quartz, and then it was something else, and now it's a bar, a really cool bar. It yeah, it looks speakeasy. interesting, right? It's like, it's like post and beam. Yeah. Um, well, they don't have what they picked. But they picked up an EVP from her, and if you don't know what... Um, they got a big bang in reply when they asked her to do something, and they heard voices okay. and a scream. And he said they heard that. Yeah. Um, it doesn't say what she said, but they heard a faint female voice, and they picked it up on. Mm-hmm. And a shimmer of light moving, and they heard footsteps. Um, and they also got movement on the bed that everybody like says. That. And they had a heat signal appear on the bed in room 314. But it looks like there was a humanish heat signature moves as someone put their legs over the bed. So, okay. So they've actually picked up some evidence of room 314. But other people, um, in the tower suites, lights are known to turn on and off. Perfume suddenly drifts into rooms and tubs and have been known to, and tubs have been known to fill themselves. Mm-mm. I don't like that. The Vanderbilts used to go there a lot, too. Um, and then some of the other haunting things that happen. Um, so this is a woman that stayed there. And this was her experience in room 314. She says that she she doesn't believe in... she She's never a believer in ghosts till yeah. she stayed at the hotel. Um, which was room 314. Just keep that in mind if you rent a place. Yeah. At, and then I'll tell you what happened to me. Well, TripAdvisor's crawling with this 314 to stay or not to stay. Right. So 314, yeah. it is her suite. The same bed she used to sleep in yeah, is still in there. Okay, first of all. I'm they, sure the mattresses have yeah, been Yeah, you guys switch that out. You're supposed to switch your mattress every... If you guys don't know this, <laughs> you're supposed to switch a mattress every 10 years. Also, if someone dies on that mattress or near that mattress or even... Used to nap on that mattress. It's a good it's rule. It's time to get a new one. Just get rid of it. Like, yeah. I don't think you need to have a dead person's mattress. No. Right? Like. Definitely not. Yeah. And I, if you go to, if you've ever rented like a camp or like a cottage and you go in and you lay down on the beds, you're always, I, that's the first thought I have is like, so many people have laid on this mattress, A, which is disgusting. Right. And then B. Did anybody die on this mattress? Right. Probably not the first time of a normal think, person. I don't think she died on the mattress, but she slept on that, in that bed a lot. Yeah. Because she was there every summer. Also, you don't want to sleep on a bed that a couple ever ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-
So this was a high maintenance person. A little bit, yeah. She liked this room because she could look out the front windows and see her guests arriving for grand parties. She wanted to see what the ladies were wearing, blah, blah, blah. We covered that. Um, when they entered the suite, they were wonderfully surprised at the brightness and spaciousness of the room. The okay. windows give a beautiful view towards the Bre- Bretton Woods ski area and the front entrance of the hotel. The suite has a dressing room, wet bar, and large fireplace and sitting area. The four-poster car bed was a beautiful sight. I wondered if the ghost thing was just a story. Then she says on their first night, after dinner, they settled in. About 1 a.m., they were awakened by a scratching sound on the windowsill near the sitting area. Great. I wondered if it might be windy outside, which is the thought I had when I had my experience. It's mountains. It's mountains. As I was, so... And it's really high up. Yeah. Like you go up this long, long driveway. It's actually pretty impressive when you drive yeah, up there. Yeah, if you've, if you've seen pictures of it even on the internet, if you all Google it right now, yeah. always the first picture on images that pops up is this beautiful, like, Fall red, foliage, yeah. red, you know, it's, it's red orange roof, and green giant. and red leaves, and it's, like, nestled. It's, like, nested in what looks like a side of a mountain. Right. It's white and And, and people red. used to confuse it with the um, Hotel in the Shining, but that's actually the Overlook. Yes, and that's, that's right. Yeah, they're not That's the same. a hotel that's in Colorado. Yes. Same type of deal, though. It looks a lot alike yes. when you see it. But this is not the Shining Hotel. So she hears this um, scratching noise on the windowsill, and she was getting ready to go up and look, and she heard a loud clank on the pipe near the window, and then she froze. And then she listened carefully and couldn't hear any wind, and the heat was not on in the hotel, so there was no reason for the pipes to clank. And now she was starting to begin to wonder about the ghost. So she Googled her in the morning. (laughs) And she found out that... How did she even go to sleep? Well, she, I'm guessing when she said she goggled her in the morning, when the sun came up and she could move again. <laughs> Jesus. She found out that she often appears in the room and sun guests have felt a nudge from her. Others have seen a figure sitting on the bed brushing her hair, which is what Taps picked up on yeah. camera. Others have reported hearing sounds. I was beginning to wonder about the sounds and I, I had heard the night before. My husband had heard the sounds and he believed they were from Carol. So that afternoon, she had a spa appointment. I mean, the hotel is pretty fat. Uh, And then her husband told her when he came back to the room, he had fallen asleep and he felt someone nudge his shoulder. He thought it was me, but he realized that he was alone. I mean... And then that evening, they went to bed about midnight, and at 2 a.m., the metal cover on the ice bucket in the room fell off the empty bucket and fell to the floor with a clang. She sat straight up in bed. She could smell flowery perfume in the air around her. And she couldn't move again. She couldn't move. She doesn't wear perfume, so where's that smell coming from? Why would the lid come off the ice bucket? She was now convinced that there was a ghost in the room. The next morning, we told our waitress about what we had experienced. She just nodded with a knowing smile. Uh-huh. So that's one woman's um, story. I stayed there. I did a show in the cave. Yes. And I did not stay in room 314, but I was on the upper floor. Okay. And I had the same experience. I thought it was windy. Yeah. And I heard the doorknob rattling. Yeah. Like, or the, like, it, that's what it sounded like. It sounded like the doorknob rattling, like someone trying to get in. And I just figured it was one of the other comics screwing with me. Right. But at the same time... I had the same fear that this woman had. Like, I couldn't move. I couldn't get out of the bed. 
I was scared. And I don't know if I sensed a presence or something, but it was a very strange experience. And when I mentioned it, when I checked out the next day, it was the same deal as this lady. They just sort of nodded. And the other rumor is that Carolyn checks on the rooms because she lived there for so long. Right. She walks up and down the halls and she does check the rooms. So she could have been her. I don't know what it was. I just know it freaked me out. Um, and that's my experience. So. Mm. So you didn't see anything or like, and no one touched you. I didn't see anything. No one touched me, but the door rattled again. I did the same thing. I listened for wind. It wasn't windy because you are, you're on the broad side of a mountain. So there can be wind, like in the winter, the wind can whip around up there. But she died in 1936, and that's when the staff at the hotel started to report the strange things. Yeah. Like, in the empty winter months, caretakers claimed they saw an elegant woman walking into the dining room and that lights would turn themselves on and off. When when a posed photo of the summer staff was developed, a shadowy woman could be seen looking at them through the window. But no one had been in the window when the photo was taken. Hmm. Um, Is this the bed here? Is this the bed here? Like I'm a lawyer? Yes. And then this is... This is what it still looks like? I don't know. You gotta check the date on that. Yeah, so it's got like a... Um, one of those canopies that hangs down. But here's something that's like that. funny because 1900, 1901, that time period... Yeah. That's when people were into spiritualism and stuff and Harry Houdini was trying to debunk stuff. Yeah. Like, that's that whole time period. So there's actually an anti-ghost measure that was built into the hotel. The architects who designed the hotel incorporated what they considered an anti-ghost measure. The hotel has several towers, and the number of stairs leading up to each tower is different. This this was supposed to confuse ghosts and encourage them to leave. But I suppose since Carolyn Stickney was so intimately involved with the hotel, her spirit is not fazed by oddly numbered steps. But that's this whole idea. Yeah, they that did the that Winchester a lot. house. Yeah, oh yeah, the Winchester so house. So she would. She, they're trying to confuse the spirits so that they couldn't find. They make staircases going to nowhere, doors yeah. that just open into walls. Yeah, things like that. I don't know why they think they could confuse a ghost because a ghost was once a human, and unless that ghost was like, "Durr," I don't. How would they now not know? I don't know. And I also, mean, they can go through walls, so. What do they care? So this is another thing, like, here's another guest that said on TripAdvisor, um, they experienced a flickering lamp, the fireplace turning itself off and then back on again, a child's toy disappearing and then reappearing. Mm-hmm. The managers management's response on TripAdvisor, thank you for sharing your experience from your recent stay at the hotel. We're very pleased that we we're able to meet your expectations. So they know. Yeah. They know this stuff goes on. I always get suspicious now, right? Because I'm like, so are you saying that, like, yeah. So this 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 article um, on New England Folklore says, the hotel management doesn't make any secret of the ghosts and actually recount the ghost legend on their website. A clever marketing ploy, perhaps? Yeah. Or maybe they're just notifying guests of what they might experience. He says, when they were staying at the hotel in November, they had dinner with some family who live in the area, and conversation turned to the hotel's ghost. One family member had attended a conference at the Mount Washington where supplies kept strangely vanishing. And she also had a friend who stayed in room 314. The friend had indeed 
witnessed flickering lights and the shower turning itself on and on when no one was using the bathroom. So it's not like just bad wiring. It's shit that actually happens. That's why it actually helps me kind of validate what happened to me because flickering lights, you know. Right. All this stuff is um, stuff that other people have experienced. So I chalk it up to... I don't know if it was Carol and Stickney, but something weird happened when I stayed Yeah. I feel like things can happen to people all the time. Like, for example, this week I'm leaving with my family and we're going to this house that's on North Haven, which is an island off Rockland, Maine. This house has been there since the same drill, right? Since the same time period. And we stayed there last year, and it's an old farmhouse. It overlooks the ocean. It's beautiful. We could never afford, by the way, to stay there. We, it's a friend, of, you know, a friend of the family owns this house, and, and they've had it in their family for years. And um, so we go and stay there. And when we stayed there last year, we stayed for three nights. And the first night, of course, I didn't sleep because I kept thinking to myself of all the you things. you psych yourself out. Yeah, like I get super excited about like the thought that, that it is haunted and I wonder, well, what's going to happen to me? What could happen? I You've traveled with me enough. I scope out the room to yeah, like see you what, you know, <laughs> yeah, you do. I see like what could be a problem for me. Are there little gas lanterns? How old are these lamps? Should I unplug them? If I unplug them, is that a mistake? Because then if they come on, I know I've unplugged them and that'll freak me out even more. Right. So, yes, we stay in this house and nothing happened to me there. Um, However, I think you can freak yourself out, right? Oh, absolutely. So, like, I remember I had to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night and I would not get up because I just felt nervous and I didn't want to get up because I didn't want to see something. Um... And then it's like, is it because I felt a presence like you were talking about? Or is it because, is it intuition, right? Intuition is telling me there's something there with me. Or is it just our mind like being like, well, remember when you were five, you saw a movie that, you know, someone got jumped in a closet and now you're scared, right? (laughs) The call is coming from inside No, but it's true. Like, is it like this old thing where like we drudge up all this thing and that's where fear comes from? Well, I don't think so because... My rational mind was trying to blame it on something rational. Yeah. Like the wind. Yeah. And my subconscious or my conscious mind knew something was up because I couldn't, I had that whole fight or flight response and I couldn't sleep and I couldn't move just like that woman. I was basically scared stiff in my bed going, what is happening? I couldn't grasp it. But something felt strange. It felt weird. It felt like something something somebody was there trying to get into the room Mm. and then to go to the front desk and be checking out and having them bring my shitty car around to the grand hotel um and to have them go oh yeah that happens kind of validated it but also made me go huh it is a different feeling too right it's a different feeling Mm. than when you're just like uh fight or flight Right, yeah. like murdery feeling. Like yeah, when there's, you're staying there's in a place, like, you and, don't know yeah. whether to be. It's like a weird adrenaline rush, and you feel like you're not alone. Right, and it's it's a very strange feeling, and your rational mind wants to find something to explain what's Oof. happening. Yeah, and then when you can't, or when someone else kind of validates that you did have an experience. Yeah. Then you have to go back to square one and go, well, then what the hell just happened? 
I didn't hate it. I right. mean, I, I want to see a ghost. You know that. Right, right. So no, for I me, I was like, well, shit, I'll stay in room 314 and say hi to Carolyn and be like, hey, my name's Carolyn, too. Hey, we're twins. It's like and she'll twins. be like, you don't dress nice. You know, like, she's she's <laughs> fancy and I'm not. She's like, so, so I can wear my dungarees <laughs> to dinner tonight, apparently. Pretty sure dungarees Ooh. didn't exist. <laughs> dungarees. Um, I mean, she had her bed shipped wherever she went. Yeah, That's pretty I mean, pretentious. So I went to the Biltmore house that's located in um, Asheville, North Carolina. And this is a very old house, right? Like, it's a it's a humongous old whatever. And I did not get any scared feelings in there at all. Well, there which, may not be any which, residual type well, things. Well, I can find scary feelings in, a, in like, a Super 8, right? <laughs> in the middle of, like, uh, Kentucky. But for some reason, it didn't give me the willy. So I wonder, to your point... Right? Like, does your subconscious know when you are in a situation where things are not safe? I don't know. And also, more people are... Some people are more prone to that stuff than other people. I nannied for a, for a couple kids when I was in college, and the baby um, used to scream in his bed. He'd wake up in his crib, and he would, like, scream and stare into a corner and, like, scream his head off. And... It was a cottage by the ocean is where they lived. And I always had a bad feeling there. Like, someone else was in the house with me always. And that always. probably was... Yeah. And, the, and when you're a kid, you can see that stuff. Yeah. You haven't learned to kind of block it out. And then other people are more sensitive than other people. Like, do you watch The Dead Files on the Travel Channel? No. <laughs> I love that show. So Amy Allen is a medium, and she can feel other people's emotions, and she can see dead people. Hmm. So she goes what in. What a curse. Yeah, right? right? Hey, everyone. She physically gets sick sometimes. <laughs> it's just me. I know, from... but there's others. So she's learned how to kind of control it. Yeah. So the whole premise of the show, this is why I like the show. because she, What's it called? Say it again. It's called The Dead Files on the Travel Channel. Okay. So she goes into the house and she gets impressions of if there's ghosts there what may have happened in the past. Right. And then simultaneously, but not at the same time, and they don't share the information, there's a retired New York detective named Steve Dushavi, who's very Italian and kind of a, Is he? Yeah. He's kind of a badass. He researches it and goes to the library and talks to the police about like if there's a murder that he yeah. knows of. And he'll get the story. So then at the end, they sit down with the homeowner, and they compare notes. Oh. And she gets a sketch done of some of the things she saw. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, so it's really interesting because she'll start talking about someone, and he'll kind of say, oh, that sounds like a story that, you know, I talked to this this person about. And he'll say, he'll either have pictures or something, and be like, is this the person you saw? And sometimes she's like, no, I don't think that's the person I saw. And he goes, well, let me tell you what what happened and she goes they might be associated with that but that's not the person i saw i mean the or homeowner she, must be like how many people are in here yeah exactly. yeah exactly well sometimes it's a crap load but at the end like a lot of times she'll hit the nail on the head and he's like he went to the library and yeah. researched it and he's she's on like, microfiche and yes yeah, exactly he is because yeah. a lot of it's old right and, and she'll be like oh yeah i saw that guy but he didn't look like that because in death he's um 
you know, a horrible person or he was in a mental institution and, and he'll like pick up and he goes, well, actually there was a young man who lived here with his mother and he had mental problems and he went into a mental institution. Do you think this is the guy? Yep. That's the guy I saw. And he is bad. And she'll say all this stuff. And then she either tells them if they should leave or if they can cleanse the house or if they can move these people on. And it's super interesting. I don't know about, I wonder if cleansing a house really works. Right. Well, it depends. She has different people that do it. She goes, you need a chaos magician? I'm like, what the <laughs> hell? That sounds like something you get in New Orleans. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and or you need, um, you know, you need a priest to come in and, yeah. for, you know. So, I mean, it's all what you believe. But a lot of these people, they do a little blurb at the end. And they'll be like, you know, Jim and, and Annette took Amy's advice and they had a priest come in and they have had no more blah, blah, blah. Or sometimes she's like, you need to leave. And oh. a lot of it is Indian burial grounds. Yeah. Where like some big battle from the Civil War happened there and there was a lot of death. And it's just like the land is just bad now. Yeah, bad news. But I could not be a medium. Or sometimes she'll find out one of the, somebody that lives in the house is sensitive and they can see things and they're they're bringing in because um, the dead people want to talk to them because they know that they can see them and sometimes it's a kid and she's like you got to get them you know they've got to be able to deal with this they're always going to see this and that's when it gets really common. I wonder how that goes down right like I I understand this whole medium thing and well to a point right like I think that you either are a medium or you're not a medium Right. Right. And like, some of these people don't know yet. Right. And I think, don't you think, because they say our minds are so powerful that like mm-hmm. m- some of us may be able to see this stuff, but we, our brain explains it away before it even goes to the processing system. Right. Right. It's like, um, you know, it's like they're, get rid of these. Yeah. She won't handle this well. Right. right? Like um, whatever that message center is in our brain. Right. Um, which I think we do anyway, right? Trauma, we pack it away. We just right. tuck it all you away. Yeah. You remember things the way your brain lets you remember right. them. Right, right. Um, so interesting to me. So she had to deal with this when she was a child. She didn't know what was happening. And she had to practice meditation and certain things so that she could deal with what was happening to her. And now she, she's got a handle on it. But some of the episodes, you can see that she's physically sick. Oh, that sucks. But it's super interesting. And she swears, which is funny. So they're always bleeping out. She goes, this guy, this guy is bleeping evil. (laughs) And you like, she's like probably in her 30s. It's just funny. And then he's just all business. Yeah. And he'll like say to someone, are you sure you're not taking drugs? Are you on any medications that could, you know, like he's, he doesn't believe it. Right, right. But because he's never had an experience and he's very, that's why it works because he's very cut and dry. And she's very, like, impressions, this is what I'm getting. And a lot of times she's right on the money. Ugh. Or she'll, like, come up with something that happened, and he'll have the, you know, research behind it. He'll yeah. be like, well, there was a car accident. Is, could this be what you're talking about? She goes, yep, that's the, you know, and this is the guy that was in it. And she goes, it wasn't an accident. And then she'll, like, uncover, like... That's even worse. It wasn't an accident. Yeah, the brake lines were cut or something. And you're like, What? Um, I'm happy to report I have not had any bad luck since I saw Robert. Well, that's good. Yeah, it's been like, you know, a month or whatever, three weeks. We should go to the Warrens, um, 
Museum. You keep museum saying that. Museum in Connecticut. I don't really want to do that. I would stay here, though. I would get a room and go here. 314? No, but I would get a different room. <laughs> well, there's other rooms, too. Great. But 314 is No, I would go one. stay there. This place looks beautiful. Oh, it's unbelievable. And it has, like, a really cool pool and horseback riding and zip lines. A spa. A spa, which I love. Yes. And the other grand hotel that we stayed in in Whitefield, New Hampshire, where they used to do shows, is called the... Um, the um, Mountain View Grand. Mountain View Grand. Which is also a grand hotel, but this one's even more grand. This one's yeah. huge. Yeah, that one is a little smaller. I mean, if you can walk nine times around the veranda and walk a mile, that's right. a big hotel. I always think fondly back to the time that you and I did a show there, and we were young and dumb, so I'm going to preface this story by saying that. We were young and dumb. We were traveling with another comic who was also young and dumb. We were all young and dumb. And uh, we might have partaked, partaken in some... Partook. Partook. We were, we were partying a little bit. Yeah. And, uh, and then decided we would run through this hotel that was very, seemed very haunted. And it was Christmas time. And we were all walking. I think we were going to the pool or something. We were going down that long hallway. Yeah, that long something. hallway. And you have to pass through a lobby. And it's a giant lobby. It's like similar to what you were describing. Yeah, because like that's how they the do Mount it. Grand they View have and, the staircase yeah, and, and there's a giant yeah. lobby with a piano. Yeah, and there was a piano. And there were people sitting at the piano. And there was someone playing. And there was a group of people singing. And we were like walking through trying to act normal, act normal. And I'm like, hey, Carolyn, we should go for... Carolyn? Carolyn? And when I I had to walk back to look for you, and you had joined this sing-along. You were like, oh, snowy night. I was like, how does she know the harmony? This doesn't even make sense. I was like, come on. You said, one more song. Um, it was very, very funny. I love staying in big hotels like that. I mean, I love it. Um, this one I would stay in again. I mean, I don't know if I could afford it, but... We um, could go during... Well, yeah, there's no off-season. That's the other thing. If you're not from the Northeast... A lot of these places are just as beautiful well, in the winter. don't want to go to leaf peeping season. And now they've made it a year-round hotel. So yeah. they have snowshoeing. Right. And sleigh rides and, like, all this stuff to do yeah. in the winter. And winter used to be the off-season. It's funny because it, winter's not the off-season in New England. There is no off-season. No, but this used to be just open in the summer. It yeah. just started being open in the winter in 2002. So Yeah. But they, now they have all these activities. Which is pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. And I'm sure it's beautiful. I mean, it's... It's beautiful. It's a beautiful hotel. For sure. Beautifully haunted. Beautifully hauntingly beautiful. Oh, Carolyn. Um, Oh, Carolyn. What's her last name? Stickney? Stickney. That name is, like, familiar to me for some reason. Stickney Furniture is famous. Yeah. Is it the same family? I would have to research Joseph Stickney. Make yourself a note for the next time. He was, uh... He was from New Hampshire. But he was also in the steel... He made a fortune in coal mining in the Pennsylvania Railroad. So. Oh, all right. Stickney and Poor is also that's okay. The yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Interesting. So he was he was loaded. I mean, and at the time, this was like a million dollar hotel. Yeah. Um, and now it's worth. It would probably cost billions nowadays to. Yeah. It's like um, Castle in the Clouds. Have you ever been there? Oh, yeah. We used to go there when I was a kid. My parents would take us to Castle in the Clouds. And that was... He imported tiles from... Oh, yeah. That place is that insane. That place is... That's Thomas Plant, I think. Yeah. He was friends with Teddy Roosevelt. Mm-hmm. My sister used to be a tour guide there. Of course. Of um, course. And her friend, who was also a tour guide, he built the Bald Peak Colony Club. 
which oh. is a very exclusive resort on Lake Winnipesaukee, and it has a gated community. Sophia Loren had a house there for years, if yeah. that tells you anything. And it, my mom used to clean house, clean the rooms there. But um, it's beautiful. It's right on the lake. And he can see it from, you can see it from Castle in the Clouds because it was like the Overlooking, yeah. yeah. And um, her friend could never say it, so she'd call it the Peacock Bald Club or like something <laughs> different every time. It was really funny. I just stayed up that way for a gig. Remember, I texted you a picture of the tur- of Hart's Turkey Farm. Yeah, I don't even know what town that is. That's Meredith. Yeah, Meredith is where I was, and, and I you were was, at the the Lake House Grill or something. Yeah, over I was. In that area. Well, I was Middle at a, Falls. I entertained a bunch of. Um, it was like sailors. The, it, I entertained <laughs> some sailors, y'all, and it was very very nice. I'll Check s- out the gams I'll on be, her. I'll be seeing <laughs> gams. I'm more like yams. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so it was really beautiful there. That was also very old. That whole area is just beautiful and creepy as shit. Well, like, it's just so old, and that I feel whole, like no um, one replaces anything. There were old books in my room, and I was like, No, they, they these... do that on purpose. I know, I don't like it. It's not homey to me. Because I bet you stayed at the where the Lake House Grill is, and I can't... I'm. Yeah, it's like, it's they had a camp theme in the restaurant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I stayed in the rooms above that. Which are kind of campy, too. Yeah, right? they're very campy. Yeah, that's... Yeah. Um, there was a giant city. They have a really good brunch there on Mother's I, Day. I couldn't stay. But that's the same guy who owns the Common Man. Oh, okay. So, yeah. yeah. We're big fans of the Common Man. Yeah, and, yeah, and where they used to have a... Frank and Sunday is now um, an ice cream place. Oh. Like lunch place. And then if you go down the hill, like where in Center Harbor. Yeah. There's another like in there. He owns yeah. that. And um, that has some really good food too. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was a fun, I mean, it was a great gig and I had a good time. And the grounds were beautiful and the view was gorgeous yeah. from my room. I mean, they treated me really well. You know how it goes. Yeah. In comedy, in case you didn't know this. And the Tamarack one, is right up the street. One One week you're staying in the most beautiful room in the hotel and you're overlooking... Um, you can sit in a window and drink your coffee that they delivered to you and enjoy the loons. And then the next week you're at the Red Roof Inn where you have to sleep in a garbage bag. You're at that motel in Maine where you had to put a chair under the door because you were afraid someone would come in because it's the kind of motel where the door is just on the parking lot. Yeah, the door is the parking lot. Oh, yeah. And you're afraid someone's going to come in in the middle of the night because yeah. your door doesn't shut all the way. Yeah. I like the gap under the door. That's always a fun one. Yeah. I, like a two middle inch, of winter and there's two inch snow gap coming in. Under the door. Or you're in the south and cockroaches are like, dun, 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 dun. Don't feed the iguanas. You mean the ones coming into my house? Oh, my God. I stayed in a hotel in Fort Lauderdale. I like La Quinta or something. I don't like the bugs in the Oh, my God. I woke up in the middle of the night because I'm a very light sleeper, as we've discussed, <laughs> and because something was lit up, and I opened my eyes, and my phone was next to me on the bedside table, and, you know, if you touch an iPhone, it lights up. Yeah. Uh, I opened my eyes, and there was a cockroach oh, standing God. on my phone, and he was so big he was able to light up the screen. <laughs> he wanted like, to call someone. He was like, <laughs> I didn't even scream or anything, which is not like me. I was like, what the fuck? And, <laughs> excuse me, I'm on the phone. Um, so, yeah. I'm calling home. Yeah, I'm calling home. Do you have a long distance plan? Um, so, yeah. Uh, well, that was fun. Yeah. I have not stayed there yet, and I'm sad because I'd like to. Well, it is the cave itself. Just have a beer in the cave. It's really cool. Um. Things to look forward to. We have a little travel coming up 
I think this fall we're going to take some road trips and do some uh, some traveling and go do maybe some remote uh, podcasts so that we're actually in the Frady while we're well, talking. Well, when we go to Saratoga, we should yes. do something. There's a very large hotel in Saratoga Springs that is very creepy and has been restored. And so I'm sure you'll be hearing about that. Is that the one downtown? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's across from the comedy club. And also, I think that... Um, there's uh, a few places that are very local to us. We've been talking about this for a while. It's just hard with summer. We've both been traveling with shows and whatnot. But um, if you're looking for me, you can find me uh, July 27th and 28th at Laugh Boston with my friend Corey Rodriguez, who also has a very funny podcast that we've both been guests on called 30 Jobs Later. Later. And that's with um, Orlando Baxter, Baxter as well. They, those two are hilarious together. So I'll be at Laugh Boston with him next weekend for both Friday and Saturday. LaughBoston.com for ticket information. I will be at the Hampton Beach Comedy Festival on the 29th. And then the following weekend, I'll be at the Brouhaha in Hartford, Connecticut. Yeah. And you can always find my schedule at carolynplummer.com. Yes. Please check us out on social media and our websites, both of us. And also look for the Frady Cat Podcast on Instagram and our Facebook page. We're looking for likes. And also leave us a suggestion if you know a scary place, even if it's your house. um, You know, make us... Make us some shepherd's pie and invite us over so we can talk to your ghosts. And maybe we'll do a remote from one of these haunted locations if we can hundred percent. Yes, I would love to do that. Maybe we'll pick up an EVP. I mean, I'll hate it and I'll love it I'll all love at it. the same time. Yeah. Um, all right. I think that's it for today. Uh, thanks for checking out the Freddy Cat Podcast. And my name is Kelly McFarland. And I'm Carolyn Plummer. And we'll see you next time. Boop! <laughs>